Hi everyone, it's Aaron. Before we get started, I want to let you know throughout the show you'll be hearing a few snippets of one of my audiobooks I'm working on. If you'd like to check out my humor books, they're available on Amazon or at AaronDonley.com. Also, if you have any topics, questions, or general feedback for Nate, Matt, or I, you can email us at plbfile at gmail.com. Thanks to everyone, and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Pickle of Baloney File. This is Aaron Donnelly, and I'm here with Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello. We're kind of been doing a round robin, so uh, today Matt got to choose a topic. And Matt, do you want to introduce the topic and kind of get us going? Yeah, when I um, was thinking about a topic, I thought, you know, I haven't heard too much about tobacco lately. Um, do you want to do right. it kind of, le- I guess, linearly? I can't say that word, linearly. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking literally, but then, uh, you know, working in some anecdotal evidence, um, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome. It's the best evidence because you can just make it up. So my favorite. <laughs> That's my, my favorite, favorite kind, made up evidence. <laughs> my favorite anecdotal evidence of the dangers of smoking is, Matt, your story about how you burned the tip of your nose at a party one time. <laughs> yes. Never <laughs> smoke the cigarette butt end first. That's what I learned. <laughs> so I Matt, do that. Well, I had I had it facing the wrong direction, and I went okay. to take a puff, and luckily my nose got in the way. Otherwise, I would have been smoking out of the. So, the... so you had to go to classes, and you had this big round burn mark on big, the tip I of your nose. I had a brown big burn mark <laughs> on the tip of my nose. So that's one of the hidden dangers of tobacco that they really don't tell you about. Yeah, and that reminded me some for some reason you said that did you projectile vomit into a group of girls one time. Yes, I did. And that was another, that's another lesson tobacco they don't teach you is don't inhale a cigar. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. What yeah, was that's, that? That's bad. Were you on a balcony or something or? Um, I was in a crowd of people and okay. uh, all, all of a sudden I got so sick and it, it was project, projectile into a crowd of people. Uh, and I heard this one girl yell out, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so matt after you did that what like what's your follow-up what's your recovery i I took off i hit i went and hid near the bushes and so they were looking around for who did it and i was like i am not me (laughs) they go it's him over there in the bushes (laughs) that's great man That reminds me of the time when I went to visit you, Matt, in LA, and then we were t- we had to take the Greyhound bus home to Iowa, and oh yeah, I was running late, and so I washed my clothes, but I didn't have time to dry them all, so I stuffed them in a garbage bag, and uh-huh. <laughs> we got on the Greyhound, and my clothes were all wet in the garbage bag. I stuffed them behind the back seat, and then I sat way up front, <laughs> and so. I'm on this like 60 hour bus ride and everybody's like, what's that smell? Who's, what is this smell? And I'm like whistling in the front, like, we should do a podcast on Greyhound rides. Cause you and I, oh my God, you know, the smells bad when the customers on the Greyhound bus are complaining about the smell quality. I know. They're like, who would do this? Whose stuff is this? What is this? I'm like, did I ever tell you when I rode the Greyhound bus uh, that they, they, they made the prison stop somewhere somewhere in nebraska (laughs) no 
Yeah. And so this guy, they just got out of prison and this big guy sat next to me and he wanted my window seat. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> and I sweated in silence yeah. for like the next couple hours. <laughs> oh, oh, he said he was going to sit on me. <laughs> he must have learned that in prison. He said he was going to sit on me and then, uh, and then that would force me to move from my window seat. Yeah. So, Were you held firm? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I had to. Yeah. I had to take yeah. my stand, man. Do you got to have that window seat in the bus? <laughs> you really do. I have slept on the floor of a Greyhound bus, which is a horrible experience. <laughs> one time I was riding and it was like 3.15 like in the morning, like a time when no one should be up. And the lady next to me was this like 75-year-old lady. She started like frantically putting on her makeup. She had all these lights on, like these little compact lights. And she was like, and I was like, what? This is the most insane thing to be doing right now in a Greyhound bus. But you meet some good characters on it. You know? I think I smell another book coming. <laughs> yeah. Or is that your clothes? <laughs> yeah, it's just dirty laundry in the bag. You know, like a lot of things um, and that we produce here, it, it came came to us from uh, the Mezzo and, and South Americans. And, and that was that was discovered by uh, Spanish and other um, colonists as they came over and discovered tobacco. And so then they brought it back to Europe. And it was really interesting in, in seeing that I, I thought Europe, I thought they all ex- like loved tobacco, accepted it. But there was actually a lot of pushback and a lot of people saying at that time in the early 1600s, 1700s, smoking is bad for you, bad for your health. It's To me, it's interesting that it wasn't even like no one in Europe or the rest of the world had even considered it. When they discovered... Oh, no, they hadn't. When they discovered people smoking, they were like, what? Like, we, this is something that we've never even thought of doing before in human history. Mm-hmm. Except in this one part, which is like Cuba or wherever they landed. Columbus, I think, did it, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it was Diego Columbus. Oh, it was a different Columbus? <laughs> it was a different Columbus. Oh. Sorry. It was Diego Columbus. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, what does Jenny, my wife, say? She called, she was trying to, oh, Sinatra. What did she call him? Or Fred? Fred Sinatra. No, she didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, it got popular in Europe, uh, and then America, around the same time, uh, the colonists were looking for crops and things like that. Uh, and in the, in the area, the south, um, tobacco grew really well. Uh, so well, in fact, that uh, it became, you know, the top crop, and Europe loved it. So there, you know, the, the, the trade uh, happened, the trade routes, and unfortunately, that's where, you know, um, kind of contributed to slavery too so i mean there's some unfortunate things other than just health consequences that came out of uh, early tobacco in, in america safety net i think cigarette companies should seriously think about making one out of every 10 or so packs really addictive just to provide a safety net for themselves in these uncertain times Nate, I uh, I haven't heard you uh, say the vapors yet. I know. I, I'm I'm holding back all the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to refer to uh, you know who, and I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to shoot all my good shots here. Has <laughs> okay. Geraldo gotten back to you? Any word from Geraldo front? 
No, we're on uh, we're on week two of Geraldo Watch, and <laughs> we have no word from Geraldo. Okay. Uh, I shot off a third email, just kind of. Do you know what he gets for an appearance fee? Uh, like a party. Like uh, like <laughs> a, a speaking engagement. Uh, speaking like, engagement. Oh, okay. Uh, not like a rave. I bet it's a lot more than you think. But uh, let me just say fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. It's fifty thousand. Oh, wow. yes. For for Geraldo Rivera. How much for uh, just the mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Man. what's the budget? Do we have 50 grand? What's the budget? No. Here? I got a GoFundMe started. So we'll <laughs> GoFundMe page. What about uh, what would, would be those, the topic? Uh, you know, people do those birthday things on Facebook, like, yeah, donate to uh, this fund or that fund. I'm doing the let's get Geraldo on the PBL files uh, <laughs> fund, and it's it's got no donations. So. <laughs> Zero dollars. We're putting out an APB. <laughs> for the man the myth the mustache from there um you know after the colonial period one thing that was interesting is it, it got a nickname and it was called brown gold because it, it brown gold is kind of funny but it doesn't sound like it'd be a good currency but tobacco was able to be traded you know to pay your debts and to buy this and that you know part of a barter system type deal it was um, like cash basically right it was like cash yeah tobacco is cash so yeah. Um, and then later, um, you know, they got into taxation of it, a big deal. And then before they had a federal income tax, a U.S. income tax, they got about a third of the U.S. government's revenue came from sale of tobacco and taxes from it. Really? Which I found pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, I heard even today it's over $100 billion a year mm, uh, in yeah. tax revenue. Yeah. So it's essential. So I don't know, 36, 38 million people in the United States still smoke. Right. A third of, I heard a third of the world smokes cigarettes, and there are more Chinese smokers than there are U.S. citizens. Like Indonesia, too, is like a big country where like 90 plus percent of adults smoke in Indonesia. Really? Half of all people who smoke will die of it. So if you think, do the math on that, if a third of the people smoke and half of those people will die, you're talking about a sixth will die from smoking cigarettes. Yeah. 100% of all people will die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good one. I am fascinated with like 50s and 60s cigarette ads. The stuff they could get away with saying. You guys can fact check this, but I saw that one of the earliest advertisers of cigarettes were actually neo-Nazis. I mean, I'm sorry, not neo-Nazis, but the Nazis themselves went, had this anti-smoking propaganda. Yes. So the Nazis were against smoking. They, they were very anti-smoking. Like wow. They, and they had it, the whole um, advertising and all that. It might have been, hmm. smoking might have been banned during that time. But like then, that one, like, one thing, right? During... <laughs> <laughs> they don't get enough credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask give Mark them... Shot that question. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. We should really put, give them a lot of credit. <laughs> but like, I know as part of the Marshall Plan during the Reconstruction, they reintroduced cigarettes to like keep people, you know, calm and relaxed, you know, because supposedly that's one of the effects of smoking. So they call it peaceful drunkenness. That's what it's uh, called. Yeah. And so, they had it as part of rations, right, Nate? Yeah, they did. The soldiers' rations included cigarettes, and that's it, crazy. When you think of what's World essential, I, and they said. By the end of World War One, it went from one in five British soldiers smoking to four out of five British soldiers smoking, like after the war. So were the cigarette companies, they were actively essentially giving away free cigarettes as well or yeah. pro providing yeah. the military? That was part of the U.S. aid to Britain was cigarettes. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, my favorite line on one of these old advertisements 
was the smooth taste expectant mother's love. <laughs> and, they had, and they had a pregnant woman smoking on it, like from the 20s. So that was great. I'll tell you my favorite. Uh, my yeah. favorite was a camel ad. It said, more throat doctors recommend camel than any other brand. Yes. I'm yeah. like, yes. And Marlboro really made a shift in the advertising not only on cigarettes, but on everything. They were the first lifestyle advertiser because they, like what you talked about with, you used to see the old, when it first came out that cigarettes were potentially bad, they had so many of them that were like fact-based advertising, like nine out of 10 doctors smoke camels or something yep. like that. And so that was on a lot of advertising was doctors recommending things with cigarettes. But then Marlboro came along and they didn't do any of that. What they did was just, they just focus on men. They switched to men and they just focus on the lifestyle, the rugged cowboy, the marble man. It was like an emotional thing. They, they totally avoided the medical part of it or the statistician part of it. It was all about the emotional hook of what this could be like for you if you smoked. It and that was went, a shift. It went from in the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s, the TV ads were more, here's what kind of filter we have and it'll soothe your throat it'll make you feel this way and then yeah in the 60s tv ads it was it was people on the beach you know like doing the 60s beach dance thing with their cigarettes and it was right. more of a you want to be cool like steve I've, have you seen the steve mcqueen smoking ads no those are pretty good you got to watch those but it's more of yeah you want to be like steve mcqueen or you want to be like these people partying on the beach in the 60s mm-hmm. right my, another favorite of mine was i don't even know how to pronounce it but it's tariton t-a-r-y tariton yeah, they had this big ad in the 70s where i'd rather fight than switch and they yep. showed women with black eyes yeah the I lady's saw, like she's like i'd rather fight than switch from tariton because all the cigarette ads uh, were about they they wanted you to switch from one brand to the other they would say if you try kent's we'll send you a free box to give to a friend right Okay. My favorite magazine ads, because by the time we were growing up, when did they get banned from TV? Do you know? 71. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was early. Yeah. So it was only magazine, really, by the time. And the Newport ads, they were, they were green, and Newport was in yellow, and they were always in the back cover of magazines or something. Yep. And the couple, it was always a couple, and they were always, like, really aggressively wrestling, either on a hammock or, like, in a boat. The guy would have his his arm around her waist and they'd all be laughing and, and their coat there, they had a tagline, something like full of life or alive with pleasure, alive with pleasure. The TV ad too is a young couple wrestling in a boat and it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not like tickling. It's like, I'm going to put you in a headlock and throw you out of the boat. Yeah. such a weird, that was their marketing angle. It's like this aggression. There's one for uh, every group, you know, Uh, they tried, you know, like, some you know to women what's that one you've made it baby or uh, virginia slims virginia that was the slims. last yeah. that was the last tv uh cigarette ad to air it was on wow. the tonight show with johnny carson 1971 at midnight and then the really? band went into effect speaking hmm. of the tonight show and a lot of that, i think i think just by watching a 70s celebrity roast you can get cancer <laughs> <laughs> If you ever, it, it comes in the when you order the Time Life DVD set. Oh man, when you when you see like <laughs> Dean Dean Martin and and uh, oh, Lucille man. Ball, that guy was always lit, oh. always always had a cigarette dangling somewhere. Everything Hand in that whole mouth. and the whole scene looks like it's 
like uh, smoke stains, like that yellow stain. Uh, That's oh, those are so bad. Dean Dean uh, Martin always looked that way. Ronald, did you see the Ronald Reagan ads for smoking? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah right. He was giving away. He encouraged people to give away uh, cartons for Christmas presents. During World War II, Camel had a big campaign. It might have been Korean War. For every like carton of cigarettes you buy, we'll send a carton to the to the troops. Oh wow! So like, and they also would send. They would say, "We're sending cartons of cigarettes to the troops in." this certain VA hospital that are recovering because that's exactly what they need is a carton of cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) When you watch all these old advertising things, the claims they make are just ridiculous. One of them is making me laugh so much when I'm looking at it. Um, It was called the tobacco smoke enema. (laughs) Really? (laughs) The blowing smoke? Yes, they actually blew smoke up people's and Nobody asses. wins in that one. <laughs> Is that where it came from, I wonder? Yes, yes. You blowing smoke up my ass means are you giving me a uh, tobacco enema so that I so that I can get rid of my cold? Really? But, uh, this, this was used in the uh, in the uh, 1800s. So. I remember mom always used to say that uh, grandpa would blow pipe smoke in her ears when she'd have she had a lot of earaches as a kid. Yes, I remember telling that too. Yeah, I I love the smell of pipe smoke. When I was a kid, our neighbor, the old guy next door, had a pipe, and he'd sit on his front porch and just smoke that pipe. And man, it smelled so good. Fair is fair. I think Americans should be rewarded for not smoking cigarettes. Maybe give each person a dollar for every day they remain smoke-free. And if people worked in high second-hand smoke environments, I'd still give them the dollar, but be like, oh right, sure, because you totally earned it. Like, no doubt, uh (coughs) uh-huh. Vaping is electronic cigarettes. Um, it, It was invented by a pharmacist in China in 2003 that his dad died of lung cancer. And basically, it's a, it's a battery. It's a device that has a battery. It has a coil, a metallic coil with like a, a wick kind of a thing. And then it has a, a tank for this juice. And then it basically, the battery heats up the juice and it creates, it vaporizes the juice and then you inhale it. Um, the juice itself is, is a combination of uh, propylene glycol and uh, glycerin. I think propylene glycol is the stuff that's in antifreeze. And uh, it's, yes. yeah, and it's because uh, antifreeze itself, it tastes sweet. Antifreeze actually tastes sweet if you just drink it. When have, they have you had it before? <laughs> <laughs> you seem pretty sure of yourself. Eh? They yes, actually uh, they had to on purpose make it taste bad. They, they put in stuff to make it taste bad. Antifreeze because it does because so kids don't drink it. But it's got those two items and uh, some other flavoring, and then also nicotine. So the difference between vaping and cigarette smoke. Cigarettes involve combustion, so you have actual fire. And when you're combusting this organic matter, that's when you get all this tar and all the carcinogens that cause cancer. Because it, it, you got away from all the tar and the combustion, it was sort of sold as a uh, healthier alternative to smoking to get your nicotine fix. A Rolling Stone article came out and said that, uh, this is a famous article, came out and said that 95%, it's 95% safer than smoking. Now, when they say that, it's like smoking is so dangerous 
that if something's 95% safer than it, it's like saying smoking. It's like, yeah. Bullfighting is 95% safer than skydiving. With right. Fire. But there's a whole uh, area of psychology called harm reduction psychology, which is to say people are going to do this anyway. Let's give them the safest alternative that they can possibly have. And I think there is some validity to that, especially among adult smokers, to switch to vaping. Because at least you won't die of cancer from it. You'll probably just be addicted to it the rest of your life, unlikely. But the real danger is uh, with kids yes. vaping. So, And when you talk about that, you have to talk about the story basically revolves around one company, which is called Juul, J-U-U-L. Juul now has about 75% of the e-cigarette market. Ooh, I have a, I have a good Juul fact for you, Aaron. Yeah, sure, uh, yeah no, go ahead. I was going to say, guess who, just, guess who just bought a large stake in Juul? Who's that? Disney. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Got it. No, um, it is the parent company of Marlboro. Just, yes. just made a huge purchase yep. in Jewel. Is, is it Altria? Or Altria. Altria. It's Altria. They just, yeah. they just made okay. a huge, yeah. Altria. So, okay. So basically the, the FDA just recently... They, got, they didn't get control over uh, reg- regulating e-juice and nicotine uh, e-cigarettes until 2016. And so the problem is we don't know. We don't have studies or data on this stuff as to how bad or good it really is long term. Nobody knows. The FDA just came out, I think it was September, and declared it an epidemic of addiction among kids. Um, yes. They gave these e-cigarette companies 60 days to come up with a plan to reduce kids smoking these things or else they may pull Juul off the market entirely because 20, it's almost 21% of high school and 5% of middle school kids are current e-cigarette users. Middle I'd believe it. I'd believe yeah. it. And the, the, the lady at the gas station by me, there's a big uh, Juul display by the counter, yeah. and I was just kind of asking her about it because – I know a lot of kids are doing it and she said, we can't keep stuff in stock. She's like every week, you know, or every couple of days they restock it and it's just gone. Like it just flies off the shelf. I've heard people say you have to be 18 to buy it, but it's ending up in the hands of kids. Yeah. It's like brothers, siblings or, or seniors in high school sell it. They're like distributors for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I've heard people say that it may be the fastest uh, catching on youth phenomenon of anything ever. Any... Not as fast as new kids on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I asked my daughter about it and she said, I go, well, I first asked her, I go, how many kids smoke pot? You know, how many of your friends? And she goes, a lot of kids smoke pot, but everyone vapes. And she's like, they do it in class all the time or they go to the bathroom. Every time you go to the bathroom, you'll see it. And people you do can't it. smell it. Right. It has no smell and, and oh, it goes it's away. Odorless? Okay, see so I didn't know. Well, it's got a little yeah. bit and that's where Juul comes in. So if you talk about Juul, if you, if you were to develop a plan, an evil plan for a product and your only goal was to make money, you would do exactly what Juul did. So mm. they started in uh, 2015 these guys, these guys out of Stanford, they were uh, design majors. They had previously started and sold another e-cigarette company to the Japanese version of Marlboro. They started this company, and they basically wanted to make like the iPhone of e-cigarettes. So prior to them, you had to like buy your e-cigarette thing, and you put juice in it. You had to change filters out. You had to plug it into the wall. It wasn't user-friendly. Jewel came you had to along. Plug it into the wall. Yeah, like a charger. It was like a charger. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jewel came I along. Blue. There was something called blue for yeah, a while. Blue was around. Yeah. But Jewels look. They look. They're really sleek. They look almost like a USB device. 
they plug right in like a USB device under your computer to charge. You don't have to worry about juice or anything. You just take out these pods and put in a new pod, which the juice and everything is in. And so they're super user friendly and they're super discreet and they don't create as much smoke as the other e-cigarettes are used to. But the big change also was that there's a new type of nicotine that they started using called salt nicotine, which is different than the nicotine that you get when you smoke cigarettes. That is actually called freebasing nicotine when you smoke cigarettes. This this salt nicotine actually gets into your system uh, more quickly, and it doesn't give you the overload of nicotine. Like, Matt, I don't know if whenever you were smoking, if you smoked a ton, sometimes you just get so sick of it that... Yeah, you don't want to look at them anymore. Right. So uh, salt nicotine doesn't do that. It doesn't have that threshold. And so you can really overdose on it and not even know how much you're actually getting. And and at the same time, they dramatically increased the amount of nicotine that is in Juul as compared to other e-cigarettes. So I remember... I've never heard of anybody overdosing on tobacco. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty hard. So That's a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they first came out, you could get like different milligrams of nicotine in your juice. It was 7, 14, and 21 was the highest. And when Juul came out, there were reports that they have 59 gra- milligrams of nicotine per milliliter. Mm. So it's super intense nicotine and they make it in fruity flavors. And then what they did was they invested a ton of money into advertising on social media with all these youthful, colorful ads with, with sort of like 18-year-olds kind of doing it or 20-year-olds. That's where they're targeting kids. I think between all the fruity flavors and their social media stuff, Right. because I've seen some of the social media ads. Yep. And yeah, it's definitely... you. They know which audience they're targeting. Yeah. It's not a big mystery. No, it's just, it's a game plan. It caught on like crazy with, with kids and the FDA took notice. And then, so what Jewel did was they took down all of their um, social media stuff. You can still find it. It's all archived and it's called the Stanford Research Institute. There's like 5,000 Instagram posts you can see of all the stuff they did. They took it down and then Jewel said, you know, it was, it was a, not our best foot forward. We admit that it wasn't the best thing to do. We're going to take it down and we're only focusing on adult smokers and this and that. Meanwhile, they've already created the 75% of the market share. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you flood the market with this stuff. And then once you're, you're being threatened with being shut down, you take it all down and try and act like a responsible citizen. And then behind the scenes, what they were doing at the exact same time, the FDA was coming out and say, so you have 60 days to figure this out. They sold... 35% of their company to uh, Altira or what is Altir? Altria yeah, Altria for $13 billion, mm. which is marble, which gives them a valuation yep. of $38 billion. They, they gave all every single one of their employees a million dollar bonus yeah, this year. Yeah. Wow. So if you talk about a game plan for this company started in 2015 and in 2018, they sold, they're now worth $38 billion. It's an crazy um, marketing scheme in order to get this accomplished. And they're basically liars and deceivers, and it's a long con, just like Marlboro and everybody else. Do you think that's, you, you see the parallels to the advertising in the, in the heydays of the Absolutely. Know, 50s and 60s? Because a lot of kids, the problem is a lot of kids, even today, most kids don't think that there's nicotine in all the jewel stuff or that they're just smoking vapor. Jewel did huh. not include that there was nicotine in a lot of their marketing. I would bet you at least 25% of kids doing it don't know. Yeah. 
And so people think it's good. It's not bad for you. And so it's exactly like what the old cigarette companies used to do is just to get doctors involved and say, hey, it's great. For, you know, nine out of 10 doctors smoke this or whatever. Um, then once they start getting regulated, then they act like they're a responsible community partner. It's a long con to make a yeah. ton of money on a super addictive product. Now, when you talk about nicotine, in general, nicotine is seen as sort of a benign product. Like what it does is it raises your heart rate. Um, it does cause some issues. It's not like it's not like actual tobacco tar issues, but specifically in youth, there are now studies coming out that it actually in a developing brain, nicotine can cause substantial damage. It can cause lasting impairment to memory and attention span, increased depression and anxiety. And um, the metal, so this is the other thing that's interesting is that it's not just the juice, but when the coil itself inside is heated, it gives off uh, metal. And so you inhale that. And that metal uh, is very toxic to the body. It can be some mercury, it can be magnesium, magnesium, which can cause the brain damage uh, similar to Parkinson's disease. To me, it kind of just goes hand in hand with this whole uh, social media. There is an addiction to it to where you get an immediate dopamine response when you get somebody liking your picture or whatever. A lot of kids are on Adderall. Um, and then if you get addicted to nicotine, it all goes kind of hand in hand with a certain, I don't know, culture or something developing among youth of instant gratification and and large corporations feeding into that to make profit. You know, sitting and smoking a cigarette to a millennial, to most of them, is probably disgusting. Right. But but doing this seems like uh, environmentally safe and, and not harmful to you and, right. you know, as far as they know. So. Yeah. Do you see any correlation between that and when we were in high school, guys? Because, I mean, I people chew tobacco. I don't know the earliest I've ever seen by chew. When did did Lee Carlisle start chewing uh, in in the sixth grade when he had a beard and he <laughs> looked like he, he sat? It was like twenty. Oh my god! He sat in my math class in Miss Forker's math class, and he would take a stapler and just sit and put staples in his arm and hand all day with the stapler. And I was so terrified of what he was doing. Or one day he found a box of, he was like rummaging through one of her cabinets and he found a box of like replacement razor blades for something. And he was throwing them at something on the ceiling, trying to knock it down, just throwing razor blades. <laughs> no one's stopping him. Nobody's. And I was just absolutely terrified. But yeah, he had a beard. He looked like he was 20 years old. He was in sixth grade. I think he chewed. He, he looked like he Bluto from Popeye. <laughs> and, and when he was about 12. Yeah. Matt, do you remember when we called? people that like smoked or this is so horrible and it's so blatantly cruel we call them dirties yes yeah. dirties. Uh -huh. dirties you call another person a, he's a dirty and he's it's like it's so base level cruelty like just come out and say exactly what what we think about this person <laughs> yeah i know no yeah no, no messing around yeah they're a dirty astounding isn't it amazing that what we once called out in passing clouds as bunnies and turtles could have been, without fail, more accurately identified as cancerous tumors? Our error rates must have been astounding.
the FDA can regulate whatever they want on, on products. So I would say to Jewel, like you can continue to make your product if you want, but it has to be like, we have to make it super inconvenient. It has to be like the size of one of those jumbo things of cheese balls or, or a mini fridge. And then on the front of it, you have to put a picture of like your great aunt on the toilet. And you, that has to be the product. You have to <laughs> give a picture of your great aunt. She has to be permanently on the front of your product. You have to carry around this giant thing. Then make as many of these as you want. And nobody will do it. No one will do it. No. Yeah. Okay. I kind of just make it just make it cost make it cost prohibitive where you gotta buy it in like uh Costco like volume. Yeah. That's the only way you can buy it, like the <laughs> replacement cartridges. Mm-hmm. And that way, uh, you know, your teenage type kids, they just can't afford it. You know? Well, that's what, you know, they do with cigarettes is you can't buy just one cigarette. Yeah. Every pack, you can only buy a pack of 20 and that's it. You know, so, um, you know, you can't just, uh, you know, if you only have a, and it's gotten so expensive with taxes and stuff like that, that um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonder that, you know, the, the poor people can even afford them. Matt, do you remember? Matt, wh- do you remember buying gun smokes for a dollar? Oh, that's gun what smokes. I was gonna ask. That was my brand. <laughs> I remember the brand. I said, What was that brand you bought that was like a buck or two a pack? And they had like they featured five different cartoon cowboys. Uh, oh man, one one dollar for a pack. One dollar a pack. Yeah, I, I kind of I was debating when we were talking when we were gonna do this episode whether to like share my own cigarette experience. It's a weird thing that I have a lot of not sh- shame over, but really just because of my kids. I don't, I, I, I don't want. It's such a weird thing with cigarettes because you can say all day long that it's bad for you, it's bad for you, it's bad for you, but yet you watch one uh, Netflix special of like Dave Chappelle smoking a jewel, which he did right. on his latest one, and you think that guy looks so cool right now, right. and that overrides all of the data and information and harmfulness. And so I was like, yeah. well, I had a lot of jokes about like things we used to do, but I don't even know if it's worth joking about. I'm like conflicted about even making jokes about it or lighthearted mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. When you're a parent, it just, it, you're just looking out for their well-being and what's best for them and you want them to make good choices. And so that's all that matters. I think about for old men. I know. I think about like my daughter's lungs, like how precious and pure they are. And I wouldn't, I would hate to think that anything bad was going in there. Like it, it makes it to the point where, but then how much, I guess that'd be a topic for you guys, like as dads, how much of your history do you share with your kids? Because at what point are you like joking and sort of glorifying it? And at what point, and do they think, cause I remember even when I was a pastor, you'd always hear whatever you do in moderation, they will do in excess. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the way to live. I've always had a struggle with that uh, as far as how transparent to be. And my kids are great. They love me and they're mature people. They wouldn't judge me, but I have such a fear of, of contaminating people, them, you know, and I don't know if you guys deal with that too. Is it, is it that you don't want them to think any less of you? No, I, I don't care what they think of me. I don't want them to, do it themselves cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep that's exactly it I, I don't want them to do it at all and so you get into like, this learn from, learn from learn from other people's mistakes that's what uh a guy at my church said and i thought it's true he goes he goes you don't have to make mistakes he goes just watch other people's mistakes and learn from those yeah i think that's yeah, some good wisdom We would sneak out in Bible college and smoke 
and then come back and we had a whole uh we had a whole contraband drawer <laughs> and it was my college was so strict you couldn't have a tv you couldn't have girls in the dorms um could you have hacky sex <laughs> you could absolutely have hacky sex we t- totally did that and uh but we had a contraband drawer and it was like had all our cigarettes and pipes and uh it had a braille playboy that we got which we thought was pretty awesome yes i think aaron i think you gave me one also for my high school graduation i might have yeah, yeah i had it i had it up until the very last bachelor party i went to it's part of my bachelor party kit yeah. and it uh it ended up getting lost oh shoot um we also had a i had a book of erotic uh lesbian writings that i'd i'd put the book cover for one of my books that i got in college was called celebration of discipline and i put that book cover over it and so we had all this stuff in there and then uh we also tried to my buddy had heard that if you dried out banana peels you know that song "Mellow Yellow"? Well, Don. Yes. Again. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You tried it. Yeah. So we did. We dried them out, and we had them. Uh, we had ceiling heat in our dorm, so we put them right up against the ceiling for like two months, and then we we scraped off the peels, and then uh, how'd that smell? It was the <laughs> like I took your laundry in the like, back of the grand, like your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I took one puff, and it was like the harshest thing you'd ever try. We just started coughing and coughing. Turns out it's a myth. It's not true. <laughs> Was this before, <laughs> after the Donovan concert? <laughs> before, oh. uh, but I remember Matt came to visit, and Matt was came from like a real legitimate college, like a cool college, and and Matt, you came, and every all everybody was like crowded around, and Matt had a flask in his uh, jacket pocket, and he pulled out, and we were just like sitting around, like you were the coolest guy ever um, when you came to visit us. Wow, how far I've fallen! <laughs> oh, yeah. When the I remember the Christmas that you came back from Pepperdine, and I'm just like, I want to live Matt's life. <laughs> I just thought you had it made out there at Pepperdine. I thought that is the place to be. Yeah. Not the rug yeah. store. <laughs> That's the rug no. store in Tijuana. Tijuana yeah. rug store. That's the place to be. Yeah. Do you remember Matt when uh, great our great grandpa had a hole in his throat from smoking? Yes. Yes. What's that called? Um tracheotomy or tracheotomy yeah. yep tracheotomy did he have a glass eye he had a glass eye too he he, he was kind of scary he's <laughs> intimidating for a young boy <laughs> and there were these, there were these old, like a robot yeah there were these old farmers and you'd go to their house and like our family was you know you grew up in iowa and your family's like very rural but we grew up in the city and so when we go to see like our great grandparents in their iowa farmhouse and he had a glass eye and like talk like a robot and grandma was like this big lady it smelled like uh bacon bacon and cabbage and like old woman bo and boredom all mixed in a big pot (laughs) boiled in a big pot did it did it smell better or worse than your bag of clothes (laughs) i know oh yeah so and i also one other i was trying to think of memories i had with cigarettes and i used to work at osco drug and i remember there was a giant wall of cigarettes behind me yep and i remember i'd heard that each cigarette takes six minutes of life so i was doing the math one day on how many yes yes i remember how many years of life were sitting behind me and my favorite thing about working there was this guy named todd uh the supervisor he was classic like you could tell he graduated in the eighties in high school. He was a cool guy that sort of worked in retail as a supervisor and he'd come up and I'd always replace Gladys, who was this like 80 year old woman with blue hair. And he'd always come up to her and, and she'd go, Oh, the, 
the tape ran out on the register and he'd look at her and go, are you shitting me, Gladys? Are you shitting me? <laughs> and she'd go, no, no, I'm not. Are you shitting me? And then he'd look at me and like wink and smile and walk away. I thought Todd was... Did you ever sell that bottle of champagne, that $100 bottle of champagne you guys had? <laughs> I know. Was it Dom Perignon? Yeah, we had something? a bottle of Dom Perignon behind us up top. Why? Why was that at Osco? <laughs> I don't know, man. For high society, people that came to Osco. When you were working cigarette counter, Aaron, did uh, did you did you notice like people got upset about their brand if you didn't give them the right type of cigarette? Yeah. Yeah. People were very selective and picky over it. Um, they're like, no, not that one. You know, this Why that. Is that? I remember this, my first day doing it, the lady was like a Asian lady and I carded her and she was like 48 years old. And then I put the, I didn't know what I was doing. And she kind of like looked at me funny. And then I put her one pack of cigarettes in a big plastic bag and handed her the plastic bag. <laughs> And then I, uh, when I was cutting open some two li- a two liter case of soda or something, I cut into one of the two liters and it started sort of leaking on the floor. And I went, we had like the giant regional manager guy happened to be visiting that day. And I went and grabbed him and like tugged on a smock and brought him over and said, look what I, this is what I did. <laughs> my buddy that was working there was like, man, you don't grab the top dog and told him. <laughs> Was it Jeff Osco? <laughs> you know, and you know, and uh, you know, they can't call it Osco. They couldn't call it Osco drug in, in California because in Spanish it, it means something weird. Oh, like really? Balls. It means oh, really? balls or something like that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's actually Jewel Osco now, not to tie it all together. Oh wow, Jewel. <laughs> They're really missing out on not having Jewel the singer partner with Jewel the e-cig. Yeah. I mean, she's not doing anything these days. I think they should really start handing out, you know, like the the big debate over condoms handing out out in schools. They should hand out patches, nicotine patches to kids. They should. They're going to need it. It's nicotine is the worst thing. Uh, I'm so glad. That's actually a really great idea. I I hope that's been thought of. Yeah, because it's real. This needs to be. This needs to be curtailed quickly because it's growing fast. Yeah, there's nothing like a nicotine I mean, like you addiction. Said, they're four years old. The company's four years old. They've grown that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you gotta do it for the kids, man. Yeah, yep. for the uh, kids. I believe. I believe the children. Are- <laughs> I don't know. That's my own thing. I just made up but right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, next week I want to do. I love true crime stuff, and my favorite one is the Zodiac Killer. So there's a new podcast out uh, that's really popular right now about the Zodiac Killer. It's such a big topic. I'd like to just focus on one of the, the main suspects. Sounds good. Okay. There's, nothing, there's nothing that this podcast can't touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I will continue to get uh, Geraldo on here. Yeah, keep yes. pushing. Someday, some, one of these days, the very first voice you're going to hear is the recognizable voice of Geraldo. <laughs> so I will get him on here. <laughs> Keep pushing, Nate. You gotta stop dodging me. Yeah. Keep up the good fight, Nate.